All right, guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Have myself, Brian Gold, my co-host, Squints, and my new friend, Albert. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Good. Welcome, brother. Thank you for Thank coming. You. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you coming out, taking a time away from your busy schedule. Yeah, no, I'll, I, I like uh, people. I like sharing stuff because, you know, like, I'm uh, an example of what anybody can accomplish, especially people that want to do it because most people... They want to learn, they want to study, they want to watch, but they don't do it. And I think that's the main thing, doing, executing, and, and taking risks. So uh, I, I love to share like my story and whatever can help your audience. Like I'm here for, for all that. Appreciate it. Want to give a little backstory on where you came from and how you got to where you are today, and then we'll dive deeper into other questions. Sure, sure. So so me, I'm a, I think I relate to a lot of the Latino community out there because I'm obviously Latino. I'm Mexican, Mexican-American. So I was born here, but my parents, uh, they immigrated from Mexico. So they crossed, the, they, they literally like had sex in Mexico and crossed and had me here. So I think by luck, I was just born here, which gave me an opportunity. Because if I was in Mexico, uh, I don't know what I would be. I know, I, I think I would be successful, but maybe in the cartel or something like that. Different, but different, be, be, because I'm, life, huh? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very ambitious, but, um, I, it happened when I was, when I was small. So like when, when I was born, I grew up with my, my Mexican parents just being overprotective and they wanted me to, uh, always be aware and, and scared and, and be careful and, and turn off the lights because we were always like, uh, trying to save energy. I, I used to like to open the fridge and, and if I would leave it open for more than 30 seconds, my mom would be like, close it because the energy and, and we're spe you're spending too much electricity, the bill, this and that, and everything from, from like even going outside in the sun. My mom, I, I remember she would uh, carry an umbrella in the sun. So it's like plain summer and she would have an umbrella. And me as a kid, I'm like thinking like, doesn't make sense. Why does she have an umbrella? Like it's, it's summer, like it's not raining, like umbrellas are for rain. And, but she would always, she would cover herself from the UV rays and Hey, you got to, protect yourself from the sun. So everything, we always had to be careful. And they always took a lot of, a lot of care for me and my brother. And that's how I grew up. And they taught me Spanish. That's, that's the only language they were able to teach me. So when I, when I get to uh, six years, you know, like I have to go to school, kind of like the same thing we're dealing with now with our, our six year old. And my mom's like, I don't want you to go to school here because where we live, it's Echo Park. But it's like Echo Park, borderline LA, borderline MacArthur Park. Yeah. So it's like the ghetto ghetto where um, where it's a lot better now, by the way. But be, but back in the day, like 1990, when I was like six, seven years old, it's like bad. It was Shootings. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of drug dealers. That, it was huge mm -hmm. on drugs. So like people would be in the corners with knives and they and they would uh, they would assault people, steal. And then we had so we had the robbers and then we also had the like the shootings, like cars would drive by uh pull over and then just start shooting so i remember like every every other week like i my mom would be like like agachate agachate that means like duck because uh the, the bullets so we would like lay lay in on the floor like next to the sofa and i remember that was kind of fun by the way because because i i didn't know any better i was a kid so i'm like oh cool so i already knew it's it's part of the drill yeah. like sometimes we're gonna have to duck and whenever we would get home we would have to get inside and in, in and out of the house quick and the drug dealers were like uh, just walking around the corner of the, na the neighborhood and they would be in the corner and cars would pull over drugs in exchange for money. So I saw all of that. 
And then we also had the gangsters, like the cholos. Mm -hmm. We had we had like 18th Street, we had the Mara Salvatrucha, and they were all in, in our neighborhood, so they were always fighting. And then we had we 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 had um like all all those bad um like bad examples for kids growing up because everybody that grew up there was either going to become a drug sell drugs or get into the gangs. So my mom said, you know what? I don't want this for my son. We're going to send him to uh, Granada Hills. We're going to bus him. So I used, it's funny because I used to go to school down the street from here. Yeah. So I would have to wake up as a six-year-old. I would have to wake up at five in the morning oh. to get ready, uh, to get ready and shower. And then my dad would drop me off in the bus stop at three. I mean, at third street and, and it was third street and not Burlington, third street and third street and union. That was my, my bus stop. And, and he would be there with me and until I got on the bus. And then I would take the bus like an hour plus to get to Granada Hills because I went to Daniel Elementary, mm -hmm. Porter Middle School, and Kennedy High School. Yeah. And and so the first time I got on the bus, I remember I know how to speak English. I've never seen I never seen like I never seen the school bus. I, and, and and I get in, into the school bus and I have uh, a group of Chinese kids and then a group of black kids and then it's us like the the latinos so we were like the minorities going from the ghetto to daniel elementary school so we would get there and i remember the first time i get there and but but before i we get there a kid gets me on the headlock on the, on the bus and i'm like crying he's like beating me up on the headlock and i'm like damn that's a intro to like going out to school from being overprotected to now going to the wild and i'm getting like attacked and i'm like fuck, what's going on i was crying the whole way Finally, I get to school and I see all these all these kids and teachers, and they're all white. I never seen white white people, never. So I see all these white people, and 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 I'm like, what's where are we right now? Like, what what is this? Like, is this a different uh, like part of the world or something? <laughs> so like, I don't, I can't communicate. So you know, they 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 see me and, and they're like, you know what? Uh, we're gonna take you to special ed class. So they put me in special ed class. And then, uh, long story short, they 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 figure out, you know what? He's not really special ed. He's a smart kid. He just doesn't understand English. He's a uh, Mexican. So they put me in ESL class, and then from there on, it was just a battle. Like I hated school with a passion. I would make up all kinds of uh, illnesses and excuses not to go to school. I hated school with a passion. It and but I think school made me tough, and school uh, made me figure things out on my own and execute. So elementary middle school and high school it was just a battle but when i finished high school i said you know what i'm going to change all the things that i hate about myself and i'm going to work on those and and, and that's what i did but it, that was my childhood and and going back a little bit uh when i was when when i was six when i started going busing to granada hills when we had holidays or summer school or little breaks i would always tell my dad take me with you to work I always wanted to work. I don't know why, but I always wanted to be a worker. So he would take me with him to work and he would paint houses in Beverly Hills and Bel Air. And right at six, that's when I saw the red Ferrari and the mansions in Beverly Hills and, and, and Bel Air because that's where he used to paint. And that's when I asked my dad, like, why don't we have this? Why don't we live here? Why do we live in the ugly place? Why do you drive this ugly white van? Why don't you have this red Ferrari? And that's when he told me that, hey, this is not for us. And I said, well, how can it be for us? And that's when he said, work hard and never quit. So I just remember, never work hard, never be a quitter. And then um, and then the school experience just made me like figure things out. And I think when there's a second kid, third kid, 
then they're they're also overprotected because then the older a brother or the older sister is the one kind of that goes through the first experience and then they kind of take care of the uh, the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if I don't know if that's for everybody, but I feel like that's what made me um, have that strong mindset that that I'm gonna do it no matter what because I always had to figure things out until today in business, no matter no matter that we did thirty million last year, uh, when we made our first million. It's always ups and downs, and you're always figuring out problems. It's just bigger problems and little problems. So like that. That's that's basically my my childhood how it went. I love that uh, that your dad didn't tell you it was unattainable. He told you that you just gotta you gotta work hard and keep going. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't for you at the moment, but it was for you in the future, right? As long yeah. as you kept you kept at it. That's good. Mm -hmm. It's good that he didn't like just uh, cut it off right there. You know. Exactly. I, yeah. I would think we all kind of come from a, a, you know, a lack of 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 uh, resources type of. You know, my parents were the same way about yeah. the the fridge, the lights, the things, or this. It's always like, stop, don't. You know what I mean? We all come yeah. from that like fear mindset of like we don't have enough stuff. You know? Yeah. Tell us how you got into the into your business and like how that transition happened as you as you become an adult. So like I think college is rigged, and rigged, and and people are gonna. Uh, some people will agree, and some people won't. I agree, but I, but but uh, yeah. Okay, so so we're in the good in the good room. I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna get kicked out. Or, yeah. yeah. So no, so I, I, your, so I'm just truth. transparent, and I, yeah. I I just think college is shit. Um, I I would never send my my kids to college. I would never send them to traditional school. And that's why I work so hard, me and my wife, because we want to we want to have options. We want to have freedom. And you go to college to learn how to be a slave. You go to college to learn how to be an employee. You go to college to learn how to be stupid. Uh, everything that I, I, I went to college for like a year and I was, and I hated it. The only good things about college, like the only good things that I, that, that I, that I can remember is like, just like having sex with a lot of girls. Like that's the only good feeling about college. Yeah, uh, it's a party thing, right? College introduced me to, to yeah. liquor because I didn't drink. But college, uh, I remember one time we had a my my first sem semester in college. We go on a study abroad trip, and there was this very very like um, hot girl. Her name was Beatriz. She was like a Latina girl, and she was like just the way I like him, like like Kirby, like she had like her boobs, her butt, and and I remember like Beatriz, like she, maybe she's watching this now, um, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, could have been, but it, but it didn't end up. It didn't end up uh, right. But but uh, hope she's doing well right now. But we went on this trip to Baja California, and and I remember that uh, she had nice legs. I, I like girls with nice legs, so she had really nice legs, wearing some short shorts, and we're going on this bus. As soon as we cross the border, because the teacher was driving, my geography teacher, we cross the border, and he's like, "Okay, we're in Mexico, eighteen and up, we can drink." Boom, stops by a, a liquor. He gets like six, like like not a six pack, but like a twenty four pack or something of beer, and I've never drank, but Beatriz gets her beer, and 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 she's like, oh, try it, have one, have some, have some, and I'm like, oh no, I'm okay, I don't, I don't drink, and you know, peer pressure, and I'm like, well, if I want to get into those legs, I'm gonna have to have the beer, so like, I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I had a beer, and then uh, I started feeling like good, like happy, and I started feeling like, man, you know what? I, I feel like I can do more, and I I, I feel excited. And so we have more beers, more beers. And long story short, that night, like it was a study abroad. So we we camped in, in uh, Bahia de Los Angeles. That was a place called, like a little town. 
and we put our our uh, our tents or we didn't even have a tent it was just like some sleeping beds that we put in the sand and that's where we all slept and i remember that she tells me hey let's escape and because we, we were supposed to go to sleep like 10 or 11 i don't know some stupid shit like that and she says like let's escape let's go to the town because there was like a little town right there to the village or whatever and let's go have some strawberry margaritas she wanted a strawberry margarita so we're like okay let's go and and we we went there and then that's i went from my first day trying a beer to trying um tequila no, strawberry margarita so we had strawberry margaritas i don't know how many we had we i think we kind of blacked out ended up back i don't know what happened that night but we ended up back and and that was like my that that was like one of my best memories from college <laughs> and 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 then um i remember that i was really excited because they used to give you uh, financial aid for for the students that didn't have uh you know money but the, but then those you had you only got those the financial aid if, if you pass the classes and i was in i hated school so i i was barely passing classes and and sometimes i would i would uh not pass some of them i would get fails and or get kicked out because i missed the certain days or whatever so i remember the cal grants they gave you that money and you could keep it so i, I loved the cal grants so i remember my first check i got a cal grant for 1200 bucks and that was with my friend johnny and and i and i told him hey we have cal grants because used to go i met him at college they said, I have Cal Grants. He's like, what are you going to do with the Cal Grant? And so his parents were telling him, oh, you got to keep it in your bank account, open a bank account, keep it safe for rainy days. I'm the opposite. I don't know where I got this from, but I had my $1,200 Cal Grant and I told him, let's go shopping. And I said, and, and, and he's like, where do you want to go? And I said, you know what? There's a lot of hot girls in Bloomingdale's over there in, in, in uh, Beverly Hills, the Beverly, uh, Beverly Center. Let's go to Bloomingdale's Beverly Center. 1200 bucks and then the Sherman Oaks. I like the Sherman Oaks one. I think they, I don't know if they still have it, but they, they used to have a, a Bloomingdale's and Sherman Oaks Galleria. Yeah. Yep. And then also the, the, the one in Beverly, uh, Beverly Center. I used to like going to the malls because I used to like the girls that would go shopping. And then I, I wanted to look good, feel good. So remember, I went, I went with them to uh, Bloomingdale's and I spent the whole 1200 bucks. I was buying designer jeans, nice shirts. And I, I wanted those nice uh, clothes because I wanted to go to the party, the parties in college and meet all the all the girls. And and that was my bet. That's the only thing I got from college, like school. I hated it. I would fall asleep. I would be tardy all the time. And and, you know, like I, I was just like one day I just decided college is not for me. Like I'm not learning anything here. Like what, what am I going to stick around for what? Like um, to get a job and, and, and for 60 grand a year? Like, no, I don't want to make 60 grand a year. I want to make millions. So then I, I researched, Googled, and, and found out that, and kind of, un, like, I looked at reality. The only way you're going to make a lot of money in, if you go to university is if you become a doctor or a lawyer. And if you do those two, then you got to go to school, like, for 10 more years. And I'm like, I don't have 10 years. Like, I want money now. Like, cause I, I want everything quick. So I said, I'm going to drop out, and I'm going to get into real estate. And I'm like, real estate is easy. You just get a, a license. It takes you, like, no more than three months. You pass your test. And all these realtors are young. They have the Beamers, the Mercedes, and hot chicks, Rolexes. And I want to. I'm just gonna get into real estate. So I quit college, and and I tell my mom I'm done with college, and I'm gonna get into real estate, and I'm gonna be successful young. Because I, I, I always wanted to be rich. I didn't know if I wanted to be a millionaire or because a, a, now a millionaire's nothing, or or now it's a billionaire, but. I wanted to be rich, uh, so I didn't know exactly how much, but I know I wanted to be rich and I wanted to have that nice life. And, and that's when I got into real estate and I and college doesn't teach you sales. Like if you don't know how to sell, you're never going to be rich. You got to sell. 
College doesn't teach you marketing, how to get attention. College doesn't teach you how to, how to create events, how to do social media. College doesn't teach you anything, finances. It doesn't teach you how to invest money, how to get credit cards, how to get credit lines, business lines of credit, how to open up a business. They just teach you how to be a slave. So, I mean, a college, maybe it's good for certain people that want to be average, but if, you, if you're watching this and you don't want to be average and you want to be rich, you want to have a Ferrari, you want to be successful young, then college is not the way to go. Unless, of course, you want to be a doctor and a lawyer, and I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, but that's just based on my experience and what I went through. It's dope that like you had the, you know, a lot of people can't, they just follow the path that's put in front of them. But like, you knew what you wanted and you knew that that wasn't, that wasn't for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you said, Hey, real estate, these guys are young, they're getting money. I'm gonna go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a very, you know, you know, people could look at it as like a, like a cop out thing, but realistically it's smart, bro. It's like, yeah. that's not for me. That's not what I'm trying to do. So let me go somewhere where, you know, this makes more sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, how did it? How did a, a little bit of ups and downs, or or how did it go when you started getting into the? So you get your your realtor license, I'm sure. Yeah, what's well, always been ups and downs, like yeah, like forever, still still till today. But I got my real estate license, and back in the day, you could do real estate and mortgage with just one license. Mm -hmm. You didn't need your NMLS, which is the mortgage license. Yeah, just a DRE license. So I got my DRE license, and I tried real estate for maybe a month or two and i realized i hate real estate like uh I, I don't like i don't like being hot getting sweaty uh carrying signs and sitting in an open house just waiting for people to come like i don't like that like i don't want to do that so then i was introduced to mortgages and i'm like oh cool mortgages you, you make similar commissions same thing you just sell mortgages instead of real estate and you get to have all the realtors work for you like all the realtors are the slaves of the loan officers yeah. because they're out there like getting business, doing open houses, doing all the hard work. And then they bring you the deal. Bam. So I'm like, and then the loan officer has AC. They sit in the room with their iMac or computer, whatever they're using. They're in their, on their iPad, on social media, just waiting for a call. Here's an incoming call. Boom. And then you close the deal and then you call your database and you refinance them. So I'm like, this is cool. Like, like, and, and back in the day, all the loan officers were doing cocaine, drugs, drinking, and they were living the life. And you're just, you have your realtors working for you and you're just sitting there. So I'm like, I like that better. So, and, I'm, <laughs> and, and the only, the only, the only um, subject that I liked and that I was good at, I mean, I was probably good at other things, but I just didn't like it. But I really liked and was fascinated with math. And, and I, I love numbers. So I'm like, this is perfect. This is like, like God's gift, like being a loan officer. So I just became a loan officer. And then uh, I was just getting realtors and working with them. And then they were sending me business. And this is back in the day, 2007, six, when we're doing stated income loans. So yeah. it, even better. Crushing. Like it was like easy money. So I'm 21, 22. I own two homes. I have an S550 Mercedes. You know the S550 when they came out? Yeah, beautiful. Mercedes, yeah. It went from S500 to S550, yeah. new body and everything. I saw it on Entourage because I grew up watching Entourage. Mm -hmm. Now we're friends with the Entourage guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's always with our table on Thursdays. So uh, I'm watching the, the Entourage show and I'm like, damn, this S550. And it's just crazy because I was a big fan and watching the show. And now we're like friends with the guy from the show. Yeah. And and many others, many others. But but uh, I remember the S550. So I got the S550 when they just came out. So I'm like 22 years old. 
and I'm like the star of the whole mortgage company. And I'm making big numbers and, and making a lot of money. Two homes, S550, I get my Rolex, I put diamonds on it. And 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 I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm living, right? And then the owner of the mortgage company, I'm dating uh, his little sister. So I'm dating his little sister and she's the one that actually introduced me to that company. So like, long story short, you know, I start doing cocaine, partying, and I break up with her and I start like, I'm, I'm like in and out with her and 10 other girls and I'm just living the life and I'm just partying and I turn into a disaster and I get a DUI. I get two DUIs back to back same month. And I had a DUI from when I was 21 years old. When I, when I started drinking, I got a DUI like that. Boom. It's almost like a week into 21, I got my first DUI. But then uh, I get a second and third DUI when I get into real estate and make money. And then 2008 comes, boom, uh, everybody goes out of business. Uh, the, the mortgage crisis starts and everybody collapses. And then I become homeless. I lose my homes. Uh, they got foreclosed. My car got repossessed. And I end up in the Ford Explorer. And I remember when, I, when that happened and they uh, locked me out. I, I made a phone call and I, I just wanted to rescue one girl. So I had a bunch of girls on rotation and one of those girls was still over there in the back. And, and I remember, I just want to rescue one girl. Like I just want one girl to say, to, to forgive me. And I call her and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm, you know, the shit happened. I'm here. And, and like, you, you want to take me back? Like I, I got a nice comfy port explorer that we could lay, lay, lay in the back and sleep. And I need to, I'm probably, it's going to take me, you know, a few months to get back on track. So we end up sleeping in the Ford Explorer for two months, but we stay in the mortgage in the mortgage. We never quit. Most people got out of the mortgage industry and got into life insurance and other stuff. I stayed in it and I said, cause I remember what my dad told me, certain things that your parents tell you, you never, you never forget. And he said, never quit. So I remember why well, can't quit. And, and I'm too embarrassed to go back to my parents' house. So I'm like, I'm just going to sleep in the Ford Explorer. And I had a Supra key. They, they used to have super keys where those keys open doors that, that are for sale and you pay like a membership. So we needed our, we needed to, the little money that we had left, I needed it for my iPhone, for my laptop and for my super key and, and you know, gas and all so that I can move around. I, we would sneak it into gyms, shower, work out, and we would do all that. But we were like on a tight, tight budget living in the car. So the super key opened some mansions and, and it was pretty fun because we would open mansions, sleep in the, uh, on the carpet. And, and then, or in the car, but we would live like in Huntington Beach, Beverly Hills, Hancock Park. We would go all over to these nice areas. So it was kind of fun. And then the Ford Explorer, I don't know what it is about it, but they make it for sex. It has like the best, the, it's like designed to like put your leg here, put your other leg here, like open your arms and, and just different positions. If, if, uh, if that car is too small for you, they, they had, they made the expedition. Yeah. But, but, um, that that's, we, we lived a, a good life. It was fun and still took me back. And from there on, we just started again, we reset and started again. And obviously, uh, year after year with every year, I improved a little bit, a little bit less cheating, a little bit less drugs, a little bit less drinking. Finally, like I quit drugs for, you know, I, I haven't done cocaine in like, I don't know, like over a decade and, yeah. and everything cleaned up, cleaned up, cleaned up. And you know, then, then came kids, but it, it was a process and, and I fell down hard and I learned a lesson. So I think the experience that you get from it is something that you can buy and, and everybody needs to go through a little bit of experience. But if they, if people are smart, they should invest in a mentor so that the mentor can save them those big mistakes 
and they could just make the little mistakes which is going to teach them but you don't have to make those big mistakes if you just pay attention and listen to your mentor back to the school thing you said you don't want your kids to go through the school system the way you went through it so how are you going to do it so we already started and, and first of all because now all the kids need to get vaccinated and this is another uh, a sensitive topic for a lot of people but we don't vaccinate our kids we've had we we've had so many uh, people that we know that vaccinated kids i have friends that got the covid shot and died and and i just like we're not we're not going to play that game and i think now my, my wife knows better than me because my wife's in charge of the kids but i'm not going to vaccinate my my newborn and stick who knows what 18 times into her and and my my kids like no my kids are super healthy and and you know like i we don't do that and and now if you don't if you don't vaccinate your kids you can't take them to school correct so like we're like we're not going to play that game like we're we we work hard for freedom so we're not going to vaccinate our kids and we're going to send them to private school and then the private school doesn't take them anymore so then we're like okay so we hired our own teacher so our our kids um they get homeschooled the teacher comes to our house in bel air and and the funny thing is that my daughter italia's first day of school was memorial day so like i remember her cousins were telling her like i come uh, like italia was so excited and she was telling her cousins, it's my first day of school. And, 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 and she was so excited. It was Memorial Day. So the teacher didn't work because it's a teacher that works in the school. Mm -hmm. But Memorial Day, she doesn't have that day, right? She, she, that day is off for her. So she had that day. So it was a perfect day for Italia to start school. So the teacher came over. Italia is so excited. It's the first day of school. And their cousins are so excited. It's Memorial Day. We have the day off. So the, the, her, her normal cousins have the day off because it's memorial day but italia has a full day of school and then uh and, and then from there on that was their first day and and then the teacher went back to school the next day so now italia has school from 5 to 7 p.m monday through friday so she has school in the evenings for two and, hours yeah for two hours and and then because the teacher gets off of off of work and they do it through uh zoom mm -hmm. and and then and now uh saturdays and sundays she has school from eight in the morning to like 1 p.m. And and then the little one, Berlin, who's three, she also gets like an hour. And and so if, Berlin's gonna be more advanced because she's learning at three, and then she's also learning from her sister. So we just did that, first of all, because we didn't wanna, we, we said, no, we're not gonna go there and, and slingshot our kid like 18 times just because uh, they're gonna go to school. And second, security, like the, the bad thing is that when, when you become, when you reach a certain level of success, then people are attacking you. And I'm just not going to put my daughters into risk. Like I've been robbed a couple of times, gunpoint. So now I'm very, very like aware of like what's going on, like who's out there to like hurt me or, or problems never stop. They broke into our house and they, they four robbers with guns and they took my safe with the watch. Then they robbed me outside of our office. Two, 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 two people with guns also pointed a gun here, pointed a gun here. A week later, I find out that my my wife is expecting another that we're expecting another child, who's Callie, and now Callie's five months. So it's just crazy. But but that's that's why that happened. Yeah, I'm a. We're here for alternative paths for the children, of course. Uh, my kids are in private school, but we're on the same yeah. age with you. Yeah. The way you guys feel about that, we we're talking about what we're gonna do in the future with our younger kids, because uh. My older two are kind of like grandfathered in, but my youngest daughter's 10 months 
and his daughters too. So we're trying to yeah. figure out like a pod situation or something. Yeah. Um, it's, alternative it's... means. And also, uh, just so you know, like my background, I was a child actor. I didn't really go to school. Um, I had a different education, obviously, being around like a bunch of successful people from all walks of life in the yeah. film industry, right? And uh, also being treated like an adult from the time I was a kid, which was like a different learning experience, you know? So yeah. no, I didn't get like a formal education or go to school, but the way I think about things is completely different basically because I'm coming at things from outside the box. I didn't get taught to like look at things in a certain way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, it's definitely important to, uh, I mean, we see that society is headed in a certain direction yeah. and that we're taming people not like empowering them kind of, right? Yeah. We're yeah. teaching them to be, to be tame and to be in their place yeah. and not to be excelling or exceeding or, or thinking outside the box, I feel like. They want everybody to stay inside of the box. Like I'm the one guy at this table that went through the eight years of schooling. Yeah. Did I do anything with that degree? No, I did it to make my parents happy. But outside of that, everything I learned in business, I learned by trial and error. Yeah. More error than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some, uh, what are a few pointers for people out there that uh, are trying to find their path? Um, you know, something that you can, you, you could, you know, help them along, you know, shortcut the journey a little bit. You were talking about mentorship. Yeah. Um, but anything else that you can think of that could help somebody uh, maybe find their way or uh, or help them through the process? Yeah, the number one thing is learning. Like you have to be a learner, mm -hmm. right? So you have to remain humble, hungry, and coachable. And what happens is sometimes people make, they have a good year or a good six months and they think they made it, but they have ways to go. And and so you that's why you got, you got to remain humble, hungry, and coachable. So like the main thing uh, is gonna be learning. And there are so many ways to learn now, especially with social media, YouTube, audio books. Uh, but, but I was a big uh, learner. Like I used to love uh, reading books. And, and the thing is that as you get, as you reach le le different levels of, of, um, of success, you gotta learn more selective things but in the beginning, like you don't know anything. So you got to learn as much as you can. So when you're broke, if you're watching this and you're broke, you're getting started. Like there's a great book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's the first book I read about business. And that book just made me realize like, what am I doing here? Because my first job that lasted no more than four months was a teacher assistant job. So that's when I was going to college. Uh, I was a teacher assistant for Toluca Lake Elementary, which is also not that far from here. And, uh, and and then I, I was also taking my classes for real estate to get my license. So I was doing those four, those three things. And I had my, my, my girlfriend. So I remember that, that uh, I was with my teacher assistant uh, work and I'm with um, the teacher, her name is Miss Kaplan. And she's telling me she, I would grade the, all the assignments fast so that I can have extra time. And then I had my book. So I pick up my book and read it. And then she got, she figured out like this guy's just grading the books, like grading all the assignments fast to get on his book. And I would just be, I would have my book and be walking around. And, and, and then she told me like, why are you reading those garbage books? Like throw them, throw those garbage, garbage books away. Cause I was reading the, like the 48 laws of power and all these books that I would always have. And, and she said, throw them away, they're garbage books. If you want to be successful, you got to get your degree and become a teacher like me. 
And then that's the day that I that I didn't show. Next day I didn't show up to work. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> like they're they're not garbage books. So I I used to read a book a week. Good. So a book a week, and then I did that. And sometimes I would read a bad book, but I wanted to learn as much as I could. Yeah. So I was reading one book a week, 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 and and then one day I came through this book called uh, "Sell to Survive," "Sell to Survive" by Grant Cardone, and then I and then I listened to the audiobook. And then I, I liked his energy, his voice, like he, he was just very empowering. And he was like, like, you, you got to take risks. You got to 10 X, you got to, you, 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 you got to put your, your money where your mouth is, go all in, over commit and over deliver. Cause people say under commit and then, and then over deliver. I'm like, fuck that. I don't believe in that. Like over commit and over deliver. So everything he was saying, I'm like, damn, I like his style. So that book. It just made me like, man, you know what? I got to think bigger. So that was always a risk taker. So that book was like crack to me because it, it was telling me that everything I was doing and thinking was right. So I just started like taking risks, risks. And I learned so many things. I, and then one book taught me uh, about credit. Dude, that was like also like crack for me because I learned I learned all of this through reading. Not College doesn't teach you how to do this. Yeah. So this book... It taught me and, and and then this book led me to a seminar that I went to and I learned from this book and this seminar how to leverage credit. So then I, I went there and, and I opened this credit card, this credit card, this credit card, this credit card, combined the credit limits then opened up for, with another bank, another bank. So then I had all these, I created like literally like, I don't know, like 200,000 plus of just credit card money. And, and, uh, and, and I was broke. I was just getting started. I was young and, and, and this was like, like, back in my early 20s, create all this extra money. So even though I would make a certain amount of money, I would spend more. So I would, I remember my first year in real estate, I made 260,000, my first 12 months in real estate. And I was, I was around 21. And, and then this one, when I had the house, the two houses, that's 550. But then I also created another like 200-ish thousand of credit card limits. So I made 260, but I was spending like 500,000, something like that. And I was going all in, taking risks. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm 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 not even supposed to be here. Like I'm fucking Mexican minority. I come from nothing. I didn't even speak English. ESL student. I'm gonna create some noise. And I'm driving an S550. I'm I'm like I'm thinking I'm like the 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 wolf of Mexico, and and I'm like creating all this stuff and and spending money. I was always the the life of the party. Would get tables, have all the girls, the bottles, and I was just spending money. And and I was I was just marketing myself without even knowing it mm -hmm. and be before social media. So I would spend, 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 but I was always learning, 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 learning. And, you know, I felt hard on my face and I learned a lot of valuable lessons, but that's why like now it's very important. If you could afford it, do the smart thing and just hire a mentor, somebody that's going to give you the blueprint. But when you're starting and you have nothing, start by reading books, L listen to podcasts like these so that you can learn from people's stories of how they started their business and went from nothing to falling down to getting up to falling down to getting back up and reaching levels of success. Yeah, you can grow through their through their stumbles, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there was somebody uh somebody I was reading one time was talking about like how much you can learn from somebody's biography or or business book, right? Like it mm -hmm. takes a whole lifetime for somebody to write this and you can read it in a week. And yeah. you can learn everything that this guy wanted to teach yeah. in one week. Yeah. It took him his lifetime. So yeah. it's an accelerated path to, yeah. to definitely to continue to grow, right? Yeah. That's definitely an interesting way to look at it, too. I never thought of it that way. That's what it is, though, right? It's like this guy takes his whole career, his whole path. He spends 60 years 
building this legacy so that he can write this book. Yeah. And then you get to digest it like immediately. Right. Yeah. And you can just continue to build from that. Yeah. I'm a huge learner. Like I, I always like to learn new things. Like uh, I'm always excited to have conversations like this because I learn things from you. I learn things from you and, and you learn things from your circle. Yeah. So like mo most people, the biggest mistake they make is that they keep certain people in their circle for too long. And me and my wife have learned that you got to cut people quick. Yeah. Because one toxic person, no matter if they bring in some money to the table, they produce, maybe they, 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 they bring income to the company, whatever. If they're not uh, all in with the core values and you got to make some space for new people and, and get rid of those people that don't belong because one toxic person can affect uh, your company in, in a big way. Yeah, uh, that's a big one. But is that company or also personal as well? Both, both. Yeah, like, like me. Me, me and my wife, we're just so busy all the time that we prioritize. So we're only going to spend time with people that bring us value. Yeah. If we don't get value, I'm sorry. You know, like I have three little girls. I have, uh, I want to spend some time with my dad and my mom when I can. And, and we have companies to run. Like we, we, we don't have time to waste. So like person, like I, I don't hang out with any family members. Like the only family members that I see are my dad and my mom and my brother. I only have one brother. I don't have a sister. So those are the only people I see. Like I never, I don't, I don't see my uncles, my aunts, my, nobody. I don't, I don't see them. I haven't seen them probably for like, I don't know, maybe six or seven years. What's the reason why you don't see them? Because I'm so busy with, with surviving. Yeah. With like, I have my life to survive and I don't have free time for barbecues and any of that. And then when I go to barbecues with family members, they're just talking about the news, the gossip, this happened, negative things. Like, I don't, I don't want to live that life. Like I want to be productive and I stay so productive that. I don't even have time. It's not that I cut them because they're not doing good. I cut them because I just, I, I run out of time. Like I'm so busy maximizing my time and, and you got to value your time because rich people value their time and, and poor people waste time. Like yeah. why, why am I going to go to a barbecue? Like, why am I going to go to the park? Like yet, like if it, if it has a meaning, like let's say Seal wants, we're going to go to the park cause she wants to see her grandma when she's alive, because most people, all of a sudden somebody dies and they're like, oh, this person, they're crying. They're like, why didn't you see them when they were alive? So like, if we're gonna go to the park, we're gonna see her grandma. We're gonna go there, see her grandma, but I'm gonna take my phone with me. Like I'm always on my phone making money. Like I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, and I'm not a normal person. I'm just like, I'm like sick and weird. And, and I'm always like looking for opportunities. How can I make money this minute? How can I make money the next minute? I'm, I'm crazy. Like you could ask my wife, like I'm, I'm crazy. Like, like I, I wake up, my favorite time of the day is waking up. Like I, I can't wait to wake up. Like I wake up and, and, and I, I, I like drinking my water when I, when I wake up first thing in the morning, then I have my Celsius. I like Celsius. I like caffeine. So I drink mm -hmm. my caffeine and then right away I'm strategizing what's going to be my, my, my power. How am I, how am I going to have my powerful morning, my powerful first day? Because I get three days out of one. My first day has to be the most powerful day. And that's six in the morning until 12 p.m. That's my first part of the day. So then at 12, which is like right now, I'm going to reset and I'm going to have my second part of my day, which is 12 to 6. Then at 6, I'm going to reset again and I'm going to have another powerful day from 6 to 12. But I, I, I do it in three segments. And, and that's how I, how I run my day. And I just love it. Like what is life without challenges? Like I like it. I love it. Like last year, our businesses combined it close to 30 million. It's like $28.7 million, something like that. I rounded, I rounded off to 30 million, but that's a combination of all our companies that brought in that revenue. 
But I remember when I could barely make three hundred thousand. Yeah. And 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 just because you make more doesn't mean that you're keeping more. You have expenses. You have other things. Now, you create systems and processes, and then you start working on the margin. So, like in the beginning, you got to focus on top line mm -hmm. to increase the revenue, revenue. And what people don't, some people don't get this, but why is top line so important? Like at least for me, the more the top line is then you start getting backs that start becoming interested in your company because of your top line and then they help you then you start getting all these business lines of credits all these uh, people are offering you money so like once you build if you focus on top line it's going to be almost impossible to go out of business if you are a driving force and you're constantly adding gasoline to the fire gasoline to the fire gasoline to the fire so i know that if i am focused and and on sharp on point that we're gonna build like a huge empire and and uh and it's exciting to me like i like yeah. it i like it I, I love business very driven uh, i yeah i it's good to to be happy about waking up and to feel like drive and to know that you yeah. have somewhere to yeah you know to grow grow towards i hate sleeping that's my 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 least part of favorite part of the day it's like good, i hate sleeping it's I, good time you're not yeah, growing it, right I get it. Yeah. I don't know how my wife sleeps so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, the top line thing was a good point, though. Yeah. Because um, a lot of time people are worried about margins and things that they can, you know, they don't understand that sometimes uh, making less to grow more is important, yeah. you know? And I like your outlook on that is like, yeah, I mean, first you have to build sales, you know? Like even in, uh, like, take my business, take a retail business, right? Like yeah. my first ideas to like okay now i want to pump volume right yeah i'm not worried about how much i'm making i need people in the door yeah the more we can grow then yeah. the more we can tweak it and imply put systems in place to mm -hmm. to make this thing make more money in the long term yeah. but you can't make money with a thousand dollars a day yeah you need to make money with uh, you yeah. know thirty thousand dollars a day yeah. right and now you can start to, to yeah. manipulate a little bit more explain how did you come about that uh focusing on the top line and, and knowing that these create other opportunities i, I read a book and like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I talk about this a lot, but I like learning. Yeah. Are you still and reading books weekly now? No, 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 no. Because now I'm only list. I'm listening to smaller detail. Okay. What I need to, because right now my issue, my, my my main focus is how do I get to sixty million? Mm -hmm. How do I get to sixty million? And and not by reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, not by reading Principles Ray Dalio. Like now I need to learn from people that have done it, people that have exited. Because I I know that uh. Eric Spofford is a friend of mine. I don't know if you guys know Eric Spofford. He's uh, friends with Wes Watson. Yeah. I had him at my Driven Business Bootcamp. He sold his company for 115 million and his um, net income, like his net income monthly, EBITDA was a million dollars a month when he exited, around there. I might be off by a few cents, but it was a, around a million dollars net income, which um, gave him about 12, 13 million dollars of net income a year. And he sold that company. His multiple was like a 10 more or less. So he got 115 million. We are not that far from a million dollars net income uh, a month. So that tells me like, we're not that far. Yeah. So like, I want to learn from him. Then I want to learn from somebody that sold for a billion. Bobby Castro, another guy that was instrumental in my career as an entrepreneur, like he sold for a billion and his company was in, in the lending space, just like mine. There's working capital loans. A lot of people don't know about that. But if I'm if I have a mortgage company, I can lend for a lot of different things. Yeah. Working capital loans. We can then then be a lender, service the loans. There's just so many things that we can integrate. So that 
that's what I'm learning now. I'm being more, uh, more, more, less, but more detailed as to what I need right now to take it to the 60 million to the 120 million. So that's what I'm focused right now. But going back, I read that book, um, uh, rocket fuel. And, and the, the way I came across this book was just like you guys that like podcasts are, are amazing podcast. If you don't have a podcast, then, then, then you're done. Like you should have a podcast. If, if you don't have a podcast, you're done. Uh, because of our, our podcast, we met uh, Tom Bilyeu and Lisa Bilyeu. They, they were the founders of Quest Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And we went to their house. Uh, I got them for, for my event. We went to their house. We talked to them. And then Lisa, me and Sil were talking to Lisa and we're like telling her, man, we're going through this and so many problems, so many people, business and this. And, and Sil's telling Lisa Albert so crazy. He's like, uh, he's like so driven and, and he's focused on growth and so, so much sales, but he's a mess with operating. Like he doesn't operate. She, like he just creates messes for me. And, and then she's like, go read this book. Cause I always tell Sil, I don't want to know about, uh, like operations, employees, uh, they're dealing with people deal with it. I, I don't want to, know. what do you think? We're going to create this. We're going to buy this for the office. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to paint the wall. Like. I don't know, green. I'm like, I'm painted pink or whatever you want. And then she's like, we're going to, we're going to organize this. Uh, we're going to have our top performers event. We're going to do this. I'm like, I don't care. Let me focus on recruiting growth sales. Like, let me, let, let me vision. I want to be the I focus on the vision. I don't care about all that stuff, but I always was telling her, but not even knowing that she was an operator and I was a visionary. So Lisa tells us, oh my God, you guys are just like me and Tom read this book, uh, rocket fuel. We read the book and then she she accepts it more. Oh, I'm an integrator. I'm the operator and you're the CEO. You're the visionary. So I'm going to let you focus on the sales part, on the growth, on, on the vision. And I'll focus on operating, organizing, planning, managing and all that stuff. So we realized how important uh, and, and how valuable and how amazing she is in operating. She's an operator. So our four companies, the mortgage guys, Ambience Realty, Conquer Escrow and Driven Enterprises. I am the CEO for all of them and she is the operator for all of them. She's a, the COO and I'm the CEO for all of them. And once again, CEO, I just want to remind all of you watching this, CEO is not what it's what people think. CEO is not like freedom and 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 you're the boss and when you're a CEO, you are an employee to all your employees because you have to do everything. You have to wake up before all of them, go to sleep after them. You got to have nightmares about business. You got to pay everybody before you pay yourself. You got to deal with the lawsuits. You got to deal with all the pressure. You got to deal with every fucking shit. So people don't understand that being a CEO is a fucking nightmare. And, and, and I don't like being a CEO. It's not like I'm a CEO. Let me huff and puff. Oh, I drive a Ferrari. No, it's a lot. It, it's the worst job you could ever have <laughs> if i could pay somebody to replace me as a ceo and i could just be the investor of the company and i could just sit back chill and go visit tropical islands and let the ceo deal with all the heart attacks oh please uh, help me find somebody like that but i don't it, it's not what people think it is yeah it's the hardest job especially if you have a real business mm -hmm. that's that has a lot of employees a lot of a lot of you employ a lot of people and and the the cert the the revenue is a certain amount and then you're dealing with so many things like it's, it's just it's just not what people think it is it's a lot of work so i i know that i'm good at that 
And for the moment, I have to stick to that. But I plan in three years, like I'm not going to be the CEO anymore. I don't, I don't want to be a CEO. Like I, it, it's not, it's not something that that um, like I said, that is what people think. It's and not a glamorous it, job. Yeah, it, it it is not. And and then what people don't understand in business is that if you're a if you're the best CEO ever, and you don't have an operator, your business won't grow. Yeah. So like Sil, she grew into that position, and she just operates everything to perfection. And of course. It's it's never it's never a hundred percent. It's never like perfect, but she does her best to to keep it close to perfect. Yeah, it's it's a operating is a tough is a it's tough, you know, especially with a visionary CEO. I mean, I think uh, uh, you know Steve Jobs is a visionary CEO, right? And we think of him as this this guy that created this amazing company and and you know lost it and got it back and this and that, but. I think Tim Cook was behind him the whole time, right? Yeah. And Tim Cook was the operator. Yeah. And now we see Apple's growth after Steve had passed and and that Tim was really the the guy that put the plan in place, right? And held yeah. it together. So, you know, it's good to uh it's cool that you guys can work as a team as well. Yeah. How is that uh with a husband and wife and obviously as business partners? Um, do you find some trouble in the relationship area or is it only only good things? I, I think it's only good things. Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't have any any problem. We're we're both like we're we're like best friends. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it like so so easy. Like I when I became a father, like when I had Italia, like that's when I for, I forgot completely about other girls. Like I'm like, uh, now I'm fully fully committed to just one wife, like mm -hmm. one partner. And then we were already best friends, but before I had a daughter, I could I I was still like, uh, you know what? Um, I'm still, I'll, I'll still be naughty. I'll still be bad. Like I, I like my, my weaknesses have always been alcohol and, and women. Mm -hmm. So like, I was always like, yeah, you know what? I'll go out, I'll party, like, whatever. But when I became a father, like it, I, I, for some reason, like I clicked boom and I became like super uh, mature and responsible to another level. I'm like, I can't, I can't ever look at my daughter in the eyes and, and have her, uh, and know that I'm a cheater, that I'm unethical, that um, I, I want to be a good role model for her. And and then I had another daughter, then I had another daughter. So, you know, I, I, I love women. Like, I'll look at them, I'll flirt with them, I'll smile, you know, like, I'll I'll, I'll tease a little bit, but I'm not going to do anything. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm committed to my wife, I'm committed to my daughters, and me and Sil are best friends. Like, we'll, we'll go out uh, to the beach, we'll go out to Puerto Rico, Dorado Beach, we're talking about. Like we'll have champagne together. We'll get a couple's massage. Uh, we work out together. You know that 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 was one of the that's the reason why she was the one, because before her, like I had like a thousand girls, but she was the one, because out of the thousand girls, she was the one that I would when I was working when I was in my early twenties, I would tell her, hey, meet me at work. I gotta make some cold calls, and I'm gonna finish like around 10 p.m. After I'm done with my cold calls, work we could go out and have dinner or go out party club whatever and she would be like yeah I'll, I'll meet you there i'll help you cold calls and i'm like damn no other no, no girl was like that you really want to come here to and meet me at work and help me work and I'm, I'm like that's pretty cool then i would hit her up hey let's go uh work out at four in the morning to the gym and then she would be like yeah yeah i'm in and i'm like damn no other girl wanted to work out at four in the morning with me then, then and then I, I would have seminars which i i always liked improving I'm going to go to this seminar. You want to come with me? It's going to be in Palm Springs. You know, you're, we're going to go there. It's the whole weekend, Thursday all the way till Sunday. Uh, we could ha have fun and hang out after the seminar. So we're like around five-ish. 
and she was like, yeah, I'll go. And, and she would stay in the, in the hotel with me. And while I was at the seminar, learning more about mortgage and business. And then, um, then she would start asking me like, Hey, can I sneak in? I want to go there and learn. And then dude, that, that turned me on even more. So I knew that she was going to be the one I was just not ready to commit because I love women so much. I think women are the most beautiful thing God created. I have three daughters as well. So I understand. I have a son too. I, I didn't think I was going to have any boys. I thought I was going to have all girls, but I snuck one in there. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like I had so, so many, like I had fun with so much women, so many women that, that that's why I'm cool right now. I'm like, I had them all. Like, I'm not interested. Like, no, it's business. They're, they're, yeah. It, it turns me on more when I know a girl really wants me and, but she can't have me. Like I, 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 I get like some sort of satisfaction as a man, <laughs> like she's dripping for me, but, but, um, she can't have me. And, and, and that turns me on and that keeps me like pumped up. I'm going to be in the best shape. I'm going to get even more intelligent. I'm going to be more successful because hey, a lot of girls want me, but they can't have me and I don't want it. Like I'm happy with my wife like that as a, I, I don't know if, if, if it makes sense, Yeah. but as a man, like you are a man. You yeah. know, you are a man and most people, most men nowadays are fucking pussies. They're weak. Yeah. They don't want to say this on, on camera. They want to be perfect. They want to be politically correct. Yeah. They don't want people to criticize them. I don't give a shit if people criticize me. Like I know what I'm worth and I, I know what I am. And, and I think men should be real men and they should stop being so worried about other people's opinions, criticism. And they also shouldn't let their, their, their girlfriends or wives bully them because they are a man. They are supposed to provide and take care of their wife and their and their girlfriend and be men like i want to be a dad where my daughter is like my dad is a fucking badass he's tough yeah he, like he doesn't back down from anyone as opposed to my daughter's being like oh my dad's a you know he's kind of weak i don't i'm never gonna i don't i don't support weak men i agree i definitely agree i got two final questions for you number one do you do the employees have an issue with you driving a ferrari to work i don't care <laughs> you just you just spoke on that right before that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just making yeah. sure. I, I don't care, but I'll tell you what happens is like when when and this is I learned it through experience, and yeah. I also learned it through mentors, uh, like like Eric Spofford, for example, mm -hmm. like Bobby Castro, Patrick Bit David, uh, people that have sold companies because because that that's what I'm studying right now to to answer that question. Right now, I'm not reading books about learning how to start and 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 get through it. I'm reading books and studying things that are going to help me exit Yeah. because I want to be in a position to exit, even though I'm not sure if I'm going to exit now because um, one of my friends, Neil Patel, do you know him? Neil Patel, uh, he's moving back to Beverly Hills, to, to LA. He moved to Vegas because he wanted to sell his, his company. And then he changed his mind because he said, wait a minute, I have this company that provides so much cash flow every month. Why would I sell it? And because I'll get a nice chunky check, but then now I got to start all over. Yeah. Like the cash flow keeps coming in. Let's just grow it to a certain level. And once you grow it to a certain level where your money is coming in and access to what you're spending and you just start getting that money and, and creating other investments. So he changed his mind. He went to Vegas because he was going to sell his company. And then he said, I don't want to sell it. It doesn't make any sense. And now he's coming back to California. And, and Neil Patel, for those people that don't know, Neil Patel is a big deal. People don't realize it because he dresses really chill. But that guy, like, if you know his business well, like that guy has a lot of money and it starts with a B. And, and, and so he said, I'm going to go back to, um, California. I'm going to move back. I'm not selling my company. I'm going to keep it. 
and he's moving back to California, which people leave because of the state taxes. So that makes me think, do I want to listen to somebody like Neil Patel, who's at that level? Or do I want to listen, listen to little bitches that, that, uh, that quit? Like I got people giving, giving advice about wealth and management and things like that. And they quit California because they wanted to be cheap and leave to another state to save state taxes. And they don't even have a business, but they're giving advice about wealth. Like, I don't want to learn from a person that quit. Like you quit, you left California because you're a cheap ass. You don't want to pay state taxes. You don't even have a business. You don't even have employees, but you're giving advice about wealth. And, uh, I don't, and, and, and then, and then people that give up on their cars, like people, they're contracting, they're getting rid of their cars their watches, downgrading and, and quitting. I don't want to listen to those people. I want to listen to people that are growing, people that are expanding. So Neil Patel is coming back to California, going to pay the taxes. He does, doesn't want to sell his, his, his uh, company anymore. He's okay. Uh, paying the taxes. I'm like, I think I want to listen to that guy. So I'm listening to that guy and, and that's, that's what I'm doing. So like right now, the, the company in three years from now, I want to have it in a position to sell, but also I'm leaning more towards how maybe I keep the company and then we start distributing, distributing, um, distributions to people that have ownership because we, one of the big things that I've done to keep our companies growing is distribute equity to people that earn it. So people that, that earn it through, uh, achieving some benchmarks, they get uh, like a percentage, a couple percentages, and some people are going to end up with more, some people with less, but I want to give a piece of the company to every single member, including employees, if they earn it and if they want it that way, when we sell the company or start distributing money, if we keep it, then everybody's going to get a little piece, whether it's every month, every quarter, or whether we sell it. But if you have a company and it's not worth anything, what's the whole point of having a company that's worth nothing? You just created another job for yourself that's worse. So like, that's the way I see business, but it's been 40 years. I turned 40 in March. Congrats. So like, it's, it's been a, a, a while, like a journey. Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think you would be bored if you sold. Sounds like you uh you love the drive and, and I, I wake love up every day yeah. to, to to succeed. Yeah. You know? Like Sil, Sil sometimes is, she's probably gonna get mad, but I don't care. She's gonna be like she's gonna be like, ah, it's Monday tomorrow. Ah, I'm like fuck yeah, it's a fucking Monday. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Mondays. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait to be up at five in the morning, drink my water, drink my Celsius, and start like going on, on online on my phone and, and what am I going to do? What's my innovative campaign? How am I going to, what's my strategy for today? Like, I love it. I yeah. love it. Can you talk a little bit about your three part day? I like, I, like, I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, you looked at it as three days in one basically yeah. And, yeah. and breaking it down. Is there a different structure to the pieces to it? Do you approach it in a different fashion? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll pull up really quick here. I, I have a power schedule because mm -hmm. uh, it'll be easier for, for everybody to understand it, but I have my power schedule. And Monday through Sunday, it's basically almost identical. The only day that's a little bit different is Saturdays because Saturdays is kind of like the day that I, that I, uh, pig out, like I'll eat junk food right now. I'm not, I'm not eating any junk food at all. So I'm going 30 days. I, I have three times a year. I have a 30 day cleanse where I don't drink any alcohol, not even a drop, no alcohol, no cheat meals. Um, like, like still, still will be eating chips or, or a popcorn. Uh, like yesterday, we went to the park. She ate an ice cream. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat an ice cream. I wouldn't even have a bite of an ice cream. Like, I, I'm not gonna go buy like, and I'm talking about like those big uh, 
high calorie like ice cream cones from the from the uh, ice cream trucks. Like I'm not gonna cheat, so I'm gonna be super healthy, quality protein, and I'm gonna be clean because it 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 uh I get sharp and I make a lot of gains. So I'm just super strict, and I have two to three workouts a day, Monday through through Sunday. So I, I work out on Sundays and everything. But right now I'm in that extreme cleanse, and and it, that's what keeps me like like just solid the whole year. But usually, like when I'm not on that, on Saturdays is the day that that I'll pick out, eat pizza, and and hang out with the kids, go to the mall, and things like that. But other than that, every day is the same. From five in the morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is I drink four glasses of water, like four four big cups of water. So it's like a liter. So on an empty stomach, one liter. I drink it, and, and that gives me energy. And it also helps my dig my digestive system. Like it, it take care of all the garbage in the morning, get it over with, and and then I'll I'll text people. Uh, I'll get on on group me. We have a group me message. And the main thing in the morning, first thing when I'm alone and everybody's asleep, I look at my competitors, the big ones and the tiny ones. So I look at the tiny ones and I look at what are they doing right now. How can I squash them? How can I destroy them? Like, what are they thinking? How can I take their people away? How can I recruit their people? How can I uh, come like like I'm because I'm it's it's army like I'm I feel, I see like war like I'm mm -hmm. I'm out there to crush them my competitors. So I look at them and I'm like, how am I gonna beat them and squash them? Then I look at the my my big competitors. How can I get to their level? So I'm so I'm looking at their message and I'm looking at how am I gonna like combat them? What's my strategy to uh, to win today against all of them? And and that's what dictates my morning message. So my morning message, boom, it's it, it's out to to uh to silence them, and for other, for everybody to be like, oh, that's what Albert's doing, cool, and 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 then I start prospecting. Like I'm, I start sending DMs, I start hitting up all the people that I want to recruit. I start hitting up all the people that I want to make sales to, all the people that I want to collaborate with. So that's that's my whole morning um, prospecting, and I do that and I and I work out. So when I'm working out, I'm answering messages, texting, all that stuff. And, and then I have my workout, it ends. And then 12, 12 to six, that's when I take a, like I have a shower in my office. So my office has a gym, a shower, a studio. We have a bar, a lounge, uh, the gym, the like the balcony, the training center. We have everything in the office. We created it like that. So then it's very easy for me to work out. When I'm working out, I have my laptop and I'm working. I go to the, I go to the locker room, shower, boom, I'm out because at 12 o'clock, we always have trainings. So we have trainings on Mondays and on Wednesdays. And then when we don't have trainings, that's the only thing that changes the other days. But usually from 12 to 3, it's trainings. And then after 3, so 3 to 6, that's when I have one-on-ones, meetings, podcasts, things like that. And I, and But I never let anything interfere with my money-making activities. So my money-making activities are what pays me the biggest uh, return on my investment of time. And then at 6 to 12, that's when I start my second day. So that usually consists of, I go to a, I have a mastermind dinner dinner with some of my top performers. So like I spend most of my time with my top performers. So I'll, I'll, I'll go have dinner with them or maybe a business partner, maybe a, a future uh, business partner, and we'll go have dinner with them. Like it's always around work and productiveness. I, I'm not gonna go have just dinner with Sil to just shoot the shit. Like it has to be with somebody that's gonna bring us value and, and that's that. And then we get home and then I'll do a live. I'll, I'll hop on a live and prospect more. Because when I do, when I go live, I go live on eight platforms. So I, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, everywhere. And I'm on the live and I'm just pitching, 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 pitching. 
And and then after that, I I spend some time with my girls and we'll watch like a movie and, and go to sleep. But that's what I do Monday through Friday. And then Saturday is the only day that's a bit different. Sunday, it's my day to get ready for Monday because I want to crush it on Monday. So mon Sunday, I'll, I'll be super healthy and 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 that way I'm focused for the Setting next day. Setting yourself up for success. Yeah, but but I'm, I'm always like that. Like I'm... I'm I do everything to the extreme. Like I really work 18 hours. What I mean by working 18 hours is when I wake up at five, I'm on my phone all the way till 11 p.m. on my phone. When I'm working out, I'm working. When I'm showering, I'm, when I'm showering, I, I good thing the, the iPhones are waterproof. <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast when I'm showering. There you go. So like I'm never wasting time. Like I'm, I want to be efficient. And, and that's the way my day goes. Like I, I could be a better father. Like I could spend more time with my daughters and work less. I could definitely do that, but I choose not to. And, and, and so maybe people are watching this and, and they want to ask me how to be a better father. I choose to be a better father by providing and by being a good example, because I don't want to be that father that spends too much time with their kids, but can't pay the bills. So that's the way I do it. And, and you know, maybe I, maybe I can uh, improve on that. I'm sure I can, but that, that's just the way I run my life because I never want to be in that position where I'm broke again, where, where, where yeah. I, I need money. Like I, 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 I always want to keep getting more and more and more and more. Like I'm just obsessed with more success. Do you have any other questions that you said you had two and you didn't get to one? Is <laughs> With not as many real estate deals closing now yeah. because percentages are so high. That's a good question. At our uh, group dinner the other night, yeah. you said you're still hiring more people, recruiting more people, yeah. even yeah. though we're in, in your business, yeah. you're on a slight down, even though you're going up. Yeah. Why are you sinking more money into that yeah. when just you could stay still and grow the business, you know, with yeah. your method behind the magic? Well, there's a number of reasons, but personal brand is one. And, and also uh, flows of income. So my competitors, they don't have a coaching program that makes them 100K a week. They, they, they don't have a, an escrow company. They don't have a, a real estate brokerage. They don't have a driven academy that pays me $67 a month from, from you know a lot of subscribers. They don't have the relationships that I have. They don't have the resources that I have. Like it's just a lot of things. So right now, uh, it's a it, it's a great opportunity. Like I'm happier than ever right now and excited because I know what I said in the earlier is that if I add more gasoline to the fire, if I keep working 18 hours a day, that's why that's why I quit drinking because like I, I just kind of it gives me more time. I wake up sharp. I don't waste two three hours like getting a third fourth fifth drink. Uh, and when you're when you're on your third drink, you're not even intelligent anymore. Your conversations are stupid, and then you got people just going to and and they smell and you can't even communicate. I'm used so, to being the sober. Guy. So 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 you know how that feels. I'm, I'm like it comes to a point where, dude, you know what? Okay, I'm calling it a night. I'm I'm gonna head. I'm not getting any more value here. So that's why, like, I know that that's I control that. And, and then and then what happened is that right now, real estate and mortgage, just real estate in general, it dropped. Like 60,000 agents quit so far this year. It's probably like at 70,000 already. But, That's just in California? Um, uh, in the US. Okay. 60,000 agents quit. 
It's a lot. So that's an, an agent quits every three minutes. Yeah. So last year, 5.9 million homes sold. This year, 4.1 million homes are going to be sold. So that's over 30% drop. But there's 60,000 less agents. And the agents that are left, and more like 70,000 agents uh, that quit so far, now up to date. But what does that tell you? There's no competition. And the agents that are out there, they don't have social media. Like they don't have a personal brand. They don't know how to use technology. A lot of these agents are older. Yeah. Like they're, they're used to just, is uh, Mary there? No, she's not. Okay, let me go to the other house. How long does that take? A lot. That's when a lot when, when, when you build your personal brand, you reach millions of people a week. I mean, even if you don't have a huge following, you'll reach hundreds, you'll reach thousands of people a week. Yeah. So like, I'm not saying stop doing the the one-on-one the -on -one work, the cold calling, but you gotta use technology and social media to to grow out of, or to survive, to like be reach more people. So most people right now have no hope. So what's happening right now is that people that are, um, some people that left the company, they want to come back. Like I have so many people that, that left my company after 2021 where they had fake money and they were all driving nice cars. Now they lost them all. And they, they're like, oh, they, they went out on their own. They tested themselves. Obviously now they're, you know, doing bad. Yeah. So now they want to come back. So I'm only taking the good ones back. So I'm being very selective because I don't want to take any, anybody toxic or negative back. I want to be very selective to protect our circle. But then also what we did is we focused on selling value, not price. So you want to come with us? Okay. You're not going to have the highest commission split. If you're looking for the highest commission split, go to mom and pop over there, which is now out of business. Oh, so never mind. So go to that. Oh, never mind. They're also out of business. There's nowhere to go. Like if you want to come with us, you're not going to have the highest split. You're going to have a, a pretty good high split, but not the highest because we don't sell price. We sell value. Here, you're going to get our mentorship. We build a brand for you. We're going to coach you. We're going to help you become a salesperson because people don't know how to sell. Like yeah. people were just used to collecting documents. 2% interest rate. Anybody can sell that. My daughter can sell that. Italia, six. She, she could have been top producer in 2000, 2021. She's <laughs> a lot smarter than a lot of those agents that left. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and by far, uh, so what's happening is all, all those people are coming back now. So now we're recruiting everybody back and people are reaching out. I want to come back. I want to co come back. And me and Sarah are like, you could come back. You can't come back. You're good. You're not. And so right now we are getting the quality. And even though the, 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 the units dropped, we changed our comp plans. So that's something huge that a business, and I'm sure you guys understand this, it's all about the compensation plans. If you have a business and your compensation plans are all messed up, you're not even making money. You're like just sinking. So we we changed their compensation plan so that they can benefit the company, so that they can so the company can sustain itself and grow. Yeah. What we have to provide is value. As long as we give value, now they're closing deals, right? So they want to go out there and start their own business or go with another person that's going to give them a higher split. Well, what's a hundred percent of nothing? You're not closing shit. I can see it. I pull your numbers up. I have access to pull their numbers up and all that. So even though we're doing less units, our, compens our compensation plans are beneficial to both the agent and the company, keeps it healthy. We're able to provide more services and more resources to them. And also like our, our the volume has gone a little bit higher. 
So now we're closing um, like more uh, like more volume, like higher prices, higher loan amounts. And with social media, like we like there's no company that is growing their social media like we are. Like we're, we mastered marketing through social media. And and that's what's like we appear huger than what we are. And then everybody's just like, oh, ambience realty, the mortgage guys, ambience realty, the mortgage guys. So it's very, very fun right now. Like it's very dangerous right now to be on the opposite end of, of, of me. Like people that wanna <laughs> people that, that that are trying to like face me or or compete with me or people that left me, like I'm having a lot of fun right now. Like it, it's 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 so much fun. Uh because they, they, they don't stand a chance. I I, I love it. Uh, before we before we wrap up, just uh, anything you would like to to share with listeners, viewers, or people out there, um, just uh, you know, maybe a word of advice or or you know, just something you would like to share with the people. Yeah, well, you, you know, really quick. No, number one thing is is if you don't have a personal brand, you need to create a personal brand. If you are in uh, real estate, mortgage, solar, life insurance, whatever you're doing right now you got to create your personal brand because people don't buy from the best. People don't buy from the most experienced. People buy from who they know. I'm not the best loan officer, but I'm the most popular loan officer. So people are going to reach out to me. Like I'm in I'm my circle of influence. Yeah. Like 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 us, the our table where we go to, like all the people that we meet at, at the events, like the Dan Fleischmans and so on, like they they connect us with all their relationships. So you'll be dumb to burn your bridge and get out of that circle. So a lot of these people burn their bridges. So never burn your bridges, burn your personal brand and make sure that you keep the right people in your circle because that's gonna flow you a lot of power in the next uh, 12 months, 60 months to come because winter, winter, if you're having a hard time right now, which, which everybody is in real estate and mortgage, except us, like winter is gonna be worse. Yeah. Like winter, if you, if you had your worst month uh, this month or last month, Wait till winter comes. Wait till uh, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, Christmas time, New Year's. The sales are gonna go boom, another eighty percent down. So you're gonna you're gonna die. Get ready for death. And <laughs> and and, and two thousand twenty four. It's gonna forget. Be. It's gonna be even worse. Worse. Like they're saying, there's a national recession coming. God. Uh, I, 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 uh, it's scary, it's scary yeah. to even think about it. So if you are not in the right circle and environment, like, uh, contact me, contact me now. Now, now another thing is like the, if you don't have a house and you want to buy real estate, I think, uh, people should start looking into buying real estate next year, because I believe that next year, you know, prices are going to be down. I believe you're going to be able to get a better deal. 2024. 2024. Yeah. And, and especially winter time. Winter time and next year, I think it's going to be a great time to buy. So yeah. Like 18 and, months. Yeah. For people yeah. wanting to enter for, for investment or for personal. Or, or, to, or to buy their first property. Yeah. What I recommend them to do is is uh, buy a, a four-unit, a three-unit property. To start looking. Start like mm -hmm. looking at properties right now because as time goes on, you're going to find better and better and better and better deals. So just have that patience and and buy FHA because FHA allows you to buy if it's going to be an owner occupied home a property with only three and a half percent down, which is nothing. Yeah. And three and a half percent down, you could get it from credit card money. You can borrow money. You just have to have it in your bank account for two months. As long as you have that money in your bank account for two months, seasoned, 
meaning I provide bank statements and opening balance is 3.5%, ending balance 3.5% for two months, you're good. Transfer money there, you'll be ready by three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. But always be looking for that opportunity. And, and FHA is a really great program for anybody to buy their owner. It doesn't have to be a first house, just owner occupied. You have to occupy one unit, rent the others. And then in a year, you can move out and rent all four. The house pays itself. You make a little bit of money. In 30 years, it's paid off. Or you can refinance before that, cash out money and buy more. That's how me and, and my wife did it to start investing in real estate. And 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 the, great advice. Yeah, everybody should do that. And if they need more 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 detail to it, like I can I can help, and they could just contact me. And and now the 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 whole um, building your personal brand, it's very simple. The way I did it, it, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody. But everybody started copying me after. I I was I think the the first person that copied Ty. So Ty Lopez did it with his Lambo, in his in his garage with his books, and then I said this was like nine years ago. I said, I'm going to buy my Ferrari and I couldn't afford the Ferrari, but just like everything else that I mentioned, like I just, I overcommitted Yeah. and I, I got the Ferrari and, and, and I told sale, Hey, I just came here to check out the cars. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to get one. I'm just going to apply and see what happens. And they're, they're only asking for 5,000 bucks Ferrari Beverly Hills. And they're going to see if I qualify or, or I'm not going to qualify, but they're going to tell me what I need to do. So I went there, put five grand. And then three days later, they called me, we, we were able to qualify you but we need a $39,000 down payment and you're going to get a 458 Italia 2000. It was a 2011 with 7,500 miles pre-owned Ferrari, but it looked brand new eight years, eight, nine years ago. And I, and I went there and my payment's going to be 2,100. I lit literally had uh, a little over 39 grand in the bank account. And that was the money for the mortgage guys, my first company. And that was all our reserves. So like, I'm like, I went to the bank, got a cashier's check. I went to my friend, Johnny, the one that used to go with me to, uh, the one that went to Bloomingdale's with me. So I went there to Ferrari, gave the cashier's check. And I was like, a, like the happiest. I, I, it was almost like I was a kid again. And, and, and they gave me my red 458 Italia. I named my first daughter Italia after that car. Yeah. And Syl was pregnant. She was pregnant, expecting Italia, our first child. And I put all our money that we had, the little money we had to get this car. And I said, well, this car is going to change our life. Like it's, I'm going to use it to market. I'm going to go big on social media. I'm going to become verified. I'm going to have all these followers and, and I'm going to be the next Grand Cardone, Ty Lopez in the mortgage space. So I got the car and I drove it off and it was like, it has to be one of the happiest moments of my life. One of the happiest moments of my life. So I drove my dream car. I'm like crying of joy and, and, and I'm like, man, and, and at the same time, I have no money. I'm broke, right? <laughs> so I have this car and, and I remember I just driving around. I had nowhere to go, but I was just driving around. Like it's something about the Ferraris like you just like when you're in a bad mood or your girl pisses you off, you get into your car and I'm sure you guys can relate. You guys have a lot of cars out there. So you get into your car and it just gives you that like happiness and like, ah, you know what? I, I feel I feel so I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I feel good now. So I just drove it around and I remember I parked and I started parking it right in front of my office. So I started getting tickets because I used to park it in the, in the yellow in front of my, the, my office building. And my car was always there. And then in the back, I put my Instagram in the plates, the Albert Preciado. So I was there, my red car, only red Ferrari eight years ago on Sunset Plaza in my little sweet office that I had right there. So I'm appearing bigger than I am. All of a sudden, everybody starts hitting me up. 
So there's this realtor that hits me up and he's telling me, hey, I'm going to give you a, I want to have lunch with you. This realtor never wanted to have lunch with me, never. But this realtor wanted to have lunch because of the Ferrari. He gave me three deals and each deal gave, uh, made me $15,000 commission. So I made 45 grand the first month with my Ferrari because of the attention it got. Wow. So from there on, I just started using that car like a prostitute. Seriously, I started using it for attention. And, and I was like pimping it and, and I was getting so much business. And then I sold the dream of, if you want to be a millionaire and drive a Ferrari in mortgage, then come join the mortgage guy. And then the mortgage guy became the mortgage guys. I added an S as we grew. And the idea of that S was from Patrick the David, because I hired him as a mentor and I paid him money to go visit him one-on-one -on -one and pick his brain. So he started breaking down my business and he said, I don't know about the mortgage guy because that's like singular. I like more plural. So we started brainstorming, what about the mortgage guys? And that's how the mortgage guys became. And, and, and now we, we're, at, we're at the Sunset Towers uh, on Sunset Plaza. We have the entire sixth floor, wow. nearly 20,000 square feet, and, and we have everything there. So it's like, a, it's like a dream come true that I'm living. But, but this is what anybody watching this can create. Like I'm an ESL student. My English is fucked up. My Spanish is fucked up. I'm not the smartest guy. But I have a lot of drive, ambition, and and huge dreams, and and I never stop. Like it's 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 impossible to stop somebody that never stops. Like I yeah. never stop. Like I like what I do. I like doing these podcasts. I like going back to the office. I like working. I I hate sleeping. Like I hate. That's the only thing I hate sleeping. I don't sleep much. So, um, please uh, tell everybody where they can find you at the companies, your personal, your personal, uh, social medias and stuff. We'll put it down below Yeah. so that everybody can find you. They, they could just Google Albert Preciado, just Google Albert Preciado. And, uh, my, my favorite platform is, is Instagram. So that's the, the Albert Preciado. But if you just Google me, you'll find everything about me. All the, the mentor programs and the, the, the stuff that you do as yeah. well. Yeah. Everything will be there. Yeah. Just Albert Preciado on Google. It's possible. It's possible to uh, come from humble beginnings. And like you told your father that, uh, why don't we live like this? And yeah. now you do, bro. It's a beautiful yeah. story. You know, yeah. that's the American dream for real. Yeah. And, and I just don't want people to get it twisted, though, because just because I live this life, like I haven't flown commercial in three years. I've been flying private for three years. And, you know, those those things are pricey. 100,000, 100, 150,000 round trip, depending where you go. Yeah. And and hard work never stops. Yeah. So don't think because you make a certain amount of money, you should stop. Like it, you never stop. Like the billionaires work the hardest of all. Yeah. Like they never stop. So like, I like what I do. You, you, you gotta, you, you just gotta be addicted to your dreams. And whenever you reach or accomplish a goal, you have to reach higher. Yeah. You always have to keep reaching higher because the moment that you get content and you slow down, the person that's behind you, they take it away. So that's why I, I never stop. Like even when it's painful and, and I do it, like I do it because I know that I never want to be broke again. I never want to let, let, let off the gas. And, and so like, just because you reach a certain level, never stop. Always keep doing more and more and more and more. That's the biggest thing that everybody should, uh, uh, learn from not only me, but everybody that's successful, like keep always reaching out for more and never stop, never slow down because the moment you do, somebody's going to come behind you and take it all, all away from you. Yeah. It, uh, it can be gone at any moment. 
Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you for coming and telling your story. And uh, there were some really good lessons in there for people. Keep learning. Never yeah. give up. It's awesome. We well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, bud. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Awesome. Like, comment, subscribe. See you guys on the next one.